Uh, If you have a Bible this morning, find the book of John, the Gospel of John, and we're going to be in chapter number 15. John is this beautiful book of the Bible where, uh, where one of the disciples later on in his life writes down his memories and the story of Jesus. Uh, and, and so that's what we have. And I am so excited for us to get into the Bible today. Uh, I believe that, that God has something very specific for us and for you. And uh, that's the way that we talk around here because we just so believe that anytime we open up the Bible, we have an opportunity to, to experience God, to hear from Him as we open up His very Word. Uh, today is, is part three in just a four-week uh, study or series that we've just called Growing in Christ. Growing in Christ. We've been talking about spiritual growth, and the idea is that as Christians, you and I, we, we're not meant to stay the same. We're, we're meant to be moving forward all the time, every single day. We're, you know, one person said, if you are not growing daily, you are dying gradually. Okay, and so the idea, we are meant to be growing, uh, learning, experiencing, moving, uh, getting better, moving forward, all of those words that we could use, knowing God better, hearing his voice more, learning and understanding new things about God and his word every single day. And the theme for this entire series is from Colossians chapter 2. It says this, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. This should not be a one-time thing and then we're good. Let your roots grow down into him. Let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. The illustration here is of a tree or a plant or something like that. Uh, As a tree grows, it's not just growing up. A tree is growing down. In fact, there are some trees where, where basically you have a mirror image of the tree uh, where under the ground is just as big as above. That's the strength. That's incredible. And as a tree grows, it grows down deeper and it grows wider under the ground, which gives the strength, provides the nutrients, allows for fruit to come in some situations. Leaves and health and all of that come from what is underneath. And this is the picture that is painted for us of what our spiritual lives should look like. Uh, The roots of our spiritual lives should go down further and further and further the longer that we do this into Jesus. That's the words that the Bible says here. Our lives should be built more on him every day. And the result, or we could say even the promise from what we just read, is that our faith will grow stronger and stronger and stronger, okay? All right, and that's enough of an introduction. We've been talking about the last couple of weeks, uh, but let's get to the Bible. I want to ask you to stand with me all over this place, and let's begin uh, by reading a passage of Scripture together. This is John chapter 15, and we're going to read uh, verses 1 through 7. John 15, 1 through 7. These are the words of Jesus right out of his mouth. It says this, I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes, so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Verse 4, remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. 
Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. Verse 6. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up and thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. All right, wow, that's a lot and that's deep. And so we're gonna dive into that. Let's pray. God, we, we just take a deep breath and we invite you into this right here in such, such a real and a powerful way. We pray, God, that as we open your word as we read the words of Jesus today that that significant things would come God we know that your word never like does not return void Uh, but I pray that we would be open that we would be expectant God and that our hearts would just be in in a place uh, that is ripe for you to speak and uh, I pray that that would change some things in us and so Lord move on us breathe in us, change us, God. We want to be farther along than we, than we walked through these doors today. And, and so, God, we just pray for that in your name. Amen, amen. All right, give somebody a high five and have a seat. Fantastic. My, um, my six-year-old, as we were walking into the church today, walking through the parking lot, looked over at the snow and said, wow, the snow looks just like cookies and cream. So you know when you get to that point in the winter when it's like that, that we're ready for spring. Are you with me? I was just saying that to, uh, to, to encourage you, I guess. Uh, it's warm today, and uh, I, it, like, we're going to be in the muddy stage here before you even know it. Amen. Yeah, that's good. The illustration we've been using is this tree and the roots, and we've been talking about that. Well, here, Jesus... Uh, in a few verses, Jesus uses an illustration that's very similar, and he sorts, sort of adds to what we read in the book of Colossians a different sort of dimension to this conversation, and I want to show you that today. This is towards the very end of Jesus's life, his ministry on earth, uh, and what I mean by that is the crucifixion is like just around the corner for him when we get to John chapter 15. And as we get towards the end of his life, like as leading up to the time when he's going to die, some amazing things begin to come out of his mouth in very private settings. Up until this point, a lot of what we have in the story of Jesus is Jesus speaking words to large crowds. Uh, there are people everywhere. People are coming. We're going to see that a little bit later in some things we talk about today. Uh, Uh, mixed in with that, you have some intimate settings with smaller groups. Towards the very end, Jesus is going to sit down with his disciples, his core people, and he's going to give them some very specific things, some deep things, and say some things that really matter. And that's really what we have uh, here in John chapter 15. And if you have been around here uh, for a number of years, you have probably heard this passage of scripture come up in some of the things that we've been teaching, because this is one of my favorite favorite passages of Scripture. Uh, it is powerful. It is quite deep. 
There are all sorts of different directions we could take this. Uh, and, and I mean, seriously, we could spend six weeks or so just on those seven verses, picking apart all of the things as, as Jesus talks about pruning and, and all sorts of things like that, uh, really. And, and so we're just going to dive right into these seven or eight verses and, uh, about vines and fruit and all of that and, and really just look at this from the perspective of spiritual growth and what this means for us. So here we go. These are the words of Jesus speaking to the disciples days and weeks before the crucifixion. We just read it, but we're going like to go through this and talk it out a little bit. I am the true vine, this is verse 1, and my father is the gardener. Jesus says he is the vine, the, his father, Father God, is the gardener. He, speaking of father, cut, cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. Well, every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the words I've spoken to you. Jesus speaking to his disciples here. Verse 4, remain in me. And by the way, you're gonna, we're going to see this word remain show up eight times in the next three verses. That's a big deal. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. But apart from me, apart from me you can do nothing. Okay, the picture here of a vine. The assumption based on the location where Jesus was living and all this is that is probably a grapevine. Put that picture up here for me. Um, a lot of us don't necessarily deal a lot with grapevines uh, in the life that we live, but this is kind of a picture. What's interesting to me as I was looking at some pictures of, of massive grape places like this is that uh, a grapevine actually looks a lot kind of like a tree to me. Uh, and it, it's a little different than some of the vines maybe that you have in your garden when it comes to watermelon and pumpkin, things that tri- typically go on the ground. Uh, the vine of a grape in this situation kind of uh, builds up and, and grows in a way that looks a little bit like a, a tree, okay? And, uh, and so Jesus here, this is the picture that he's painting really of our lives. He says he is the vine, God is the gardener, and we as Christians are what we would call the branches, or that's what he says, we're the branches. Well, what are the branches? The branches, okay, are the things that are really sticking out from the vine, or you could kind of say the trunk of the tree if we're talking about a tree. The branches are what the leaves grow on, right? The branches are what the grapes grow on. The fruit grows from, uh, from the branches. Uh, Jesus says, if you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit, but apart from me, you can do nothing. Now, from a garden perspective, how many garden people we have in the church? Come on, raise your hand if you're a gardener. Let's go. How come there's only like seven gardeners in our church? You should be, you should be gardening. There, we got a couple more that are coming, all right? Uh, but from a gardening perspective, obviously, that, like this makes sense. The branches of a tree or the branches of a vine like this are not going to do very well if they are not connected to the trunk or to the vine. Would you agree? Yeah. Okay. Someone say, yes, I agree. That is not, you don't, you can't disagree with me there. It doesn't do, you rip the branch off, it's not going to do well. 
It's going to die. It's going to dry out. And leaves and fruit are not going to grow from a branch that is not connected to the tree trunk. It, does, it just does not work. I know you get this because all the smart people come to this service, right? So you're with me, all right? The trunk, or in our verse, the vine, is what brings life to the branches. It's what brings water to the branches. It's, it's what brings nutrients and food to the branches. Everything the branches need actually come from its connection to the vine here. Are you with me? Yes. Here we go. Okay. In fact, without this connection to the vine or the tree trunk, however you want to picture this, it is simply not possible for the branches to grow. They cannot grow unless they are connected to the vine right here. It's not possible for the branch to be healthy. Unless it's connected to the vine, it's not possible for the branch to produce fruit like grapes or apples or, or whatever we want to talk about, okay? That is real-life grapevine talk right there. No exceptions. A branch that is not connected to the vine is dead as a doornail, Smalls, right? Are you with me? Okay, yes, there we go. That was from Sandlot. Some of you are like, I don't know what he just said. There we go. Okay, in fact, look at verse number six. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. A branch that is not connected to the vine withers, dries out, dies, is really good for nothing but firewood. Now, the transition here away from a literal grapevine uh, and branches and getting to the point that Jesus is trying to make here, and I think you've already put some of this together, very simply, like as Christians, if we are not connected to Jesus, we cannot spiritually grow, we cannot spiritually be healthy, and we cannot produce any sort of spiritual fruit if we are not at all the time connected to the trunk, the vine that is Jesus. And that might be a run-on sentence right there and doesn't have punctuation at the end like it probably should, okay, but it's truth. It's truth. And you don't, you, like, you don't have to have a master's degree in the Bible to understand what Jesus is saying here. Our connection to, with Jesus is a must and we're not talking about just a one time again, one time praying a prayer that connects us to, this, is, this seems to be a constant. I mean, the word that we have over and over is remain, all right? So understand, remaining connected to Jesus is what produces spiritual health, spiritual fruit, spiritual okay, growth. Remaining connected with Jesus, okay, uh, it is a must, and a Christian that is not remaining connected to Jesus is really not good for anything when it comes to spiritual life. Dead, okay, burning into fire is what Jesus says. That person is like a branch that withers. A simple conclusion we can make here is remaining in Jesus is important. Okay, there we go. It's a big deal. All right? Uh, that phrase, remain, remaining in Jesus, remaining eight times in those uh, in verses four to seven, those who remain, I'm going to say it again. I just, I'm not sure that you are, aren't sleeping and I feel like I have to say it. Those who remain in Christ spiritually grow. 
Those who remain connected to Jesus are spiritually healthy. Those who remain connected okay, to him are those who produce spiritual, spiritual fruit. Remaining in Christ is of vital importance, central to our conversation as a whole about spiritual growth. So then here becomes the next stage, and here's the next question. What does this look like? What does it look like for us to remain in Christ? And I'm going to answer this uh, in this way. Max Lucado once said, children spell love with four letters, T-I-M-E. And if you're not very good at English and spelling and maybe you're a math and science person, it's the word time, okay? Just to help you out here, children spell love, T-I-M-E, okay? Uh, And listen, we, we cannot stay connected to Jesus without spending time with him. Do you hear me? We cannot stay connected to Jesus. We cannot remain in Christ, to use the words from John chapter 15, without spending time with Christ. And I listen, I'm not, I'm not talking right here about going to church. That's not what this is. This is quality, alone, focused time with God. Quality, alone, focused time with God. Personally, just you and God, quality, alone, focused time. Listen to me. If you want your spiritual life to go deeper, all right, you can do the things that we've been talking about and that we'll talk about last week and next week and all this, but I'm not, like, this is, this is right there as, as more than anything else. You want to grow spiritually. You want your spiritual life to go. It takes quality, alone, Focus time with God. You want to learn to hear God's voice, and that's a, that's a question that we get from people. How do I learn to hear, hear God speak in different ways? It takes quality alone time with God. You want to know God's will for your life. Another question I get all the time, how do I know what God wants me to do? How do I know God's will for my life? Okay, Don't ask me about God's will for your life. Quality alone, focus time with God. All right? You want to grow in your relationship with God. It takes quality alone time with God. This one right here today we're looking at is they clear, it's the clear number one in this conversation. It's clearly, it's the winner. It's first on the list, quality alone, focused time with God. We remain in Christ which allows spiritual growth, spiritual fruit, spiritual health. We remain in Christ by spending quality alone, focused time with God. Him. Some people use the phrase, doing my daily devotions. Other people use my quiet time. I don't care what you call it. It's private, set-aside time for God. There's no substitute. There's no way around it. If you desire to stay connected to Jesus, which is what really leads to spiritual growth even being there an option, then you have to learn how to spend alone time with God. You do. But here's the issue and you know this and I know this, we are busier right here, right now, 2022 America, than people have ever been in the history of the world. There is more to do, there are more places to be, more to get done, more on our plates. Day off, who needs that, right? Like Sabbath, I know it's one of the Ten Commandments, but that must mean something different. This is the way that we talk. It's 100 miles an hour all the time, everywhere but listen to me sometimes busy is good all right most of the time busy is actually anti-jesus let me show you this quickly at the in the life of jesus do you know that jesus was crazy busy 
crazy busy. I love this. Mark chapter 1 paints a picture here of Jesus and his busyness. It says, uh, that evening after sunset, the people brought to Jesus all the sick, all the demon-possessed. Now listen to this, verse 33. The whole town gathered at the door, and Jesus healed many who had various diseases. He also drove out many demons, but he would not let the demons speak because they they knew who he was. That's another conversation. But listen to some of the words here. The whole town gathered at the door. The entire town is trying to get to Jesus, to bring him sick people, to bring him uh, people with demon stuff. The whole town, it's after sunset, like already worked all day long doing Jesus stuff already for the whole day, and now the whole town is now here, okay? I'm just so busy. I don't have time to spend quality focused time with Jesus. We say this type of stuff. Now verse number 35 then comes. In the middle of this story of the life of Jesus, the whole town, all right, wanting to be with him. Into this situation, this is just added. Verse 35, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Simon and his companions went to look for him, and when they found him, they exclaimed, everyone is looking for you. Like, Jesus, what, what you doing? What are you doing? Why, we're all looking for you. There's people everywhere. There's a lot of stuff. Okay? And they find him, all right, and what is he doing? Jesus was off in a solitary place spending quality alone time with God in prayer. Luke chapter 5, different situation from the life of Jesus, going to have the same result. All right, I want to show you this. Verse 12, while Jesus was in one of the towns, a man came along who was covered with leprosy. Leprosy is not a good thing. When he saw Jesus, he fell with his face to the ground and begged him, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. Amazing imagery here as Jesus touches a man with a contagious deadly skin disease okay we don't have time to talk about that today all right uh, i am willing he said be clean and immediately the leprosy left him verse 14 then jesus ordered him don't tell anyone but go show yourself to the priests and offer the sacrifice that moses commanded for you for your cleansing as a testimony to them that's we're, we're dealing with some jewish law type of situation with diseases uh, verse 15, yet the news about him spread all the more so that crowds of people came to hear him and to be healed of their sickness. Crowds of people. At this stage of Jesus' life, crowds of people was a part of his every single day. People lining up every which way to touch him, to hear him, to get around him and all of that. Uh, and uh, but then right in the middle of that right there, crowds of people are all over the place. We have verse number 16. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. Interesting little line that we have added to both of these stories. Would you agree? The stories don't seem to be about that. But in, like just to show us the life that Jesus lived when it came to this, he is busy as all get out. People lined up every which way. And we have two different situations here. Quality alone, focused time with God. And I'm telling you, this is not just two random occurrences. I could show you over and over in different... This, I do not feel it is a stretch to say and to make the conclusion that Jesus got alone with God all the time every day. 
All right, this was a routine for him. This was a massively important piece to his life and his ministry and his relationship with God for him to stay completely connected and in tune with God the Father. Quality, alone, focused time with God. And that just leaves the question for me, like what does quality, alone, focused time with God look like? And, And we could take this a handful of different ways, but I think... For me, everything, everything circles around reading the Bible and praying. Reading the Bible and prayer. And so let's, let's quickly talk about each of those. Uh, first, reading the Bible. Second uh, Timothy chapter 3, all scripture is inspired by God and is youth, useful to teach us what is true, to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong, teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. The Bible that we have is this beautifully inspired by God very word of God. 1600 year period is what the Bible covers. About 40 different people wrote it. We believe the Holy Spirit spoke into those moments, inspired these people, and that we have this incredible, the very word of God, just as he would have us have it right now today. We have access to that Understand, though, there are people in the world who do not have access to the Word of God in the way that we do. The Bible in the way that we do. People who do not have the Bible in in a language for them. And that's a part of what we are are even doing this year is helping translate the Bible into a language where they don't have that. There are also people who live in places where it is illegal to have a Bible, to read a Bible, to give a Bible, all of these types of things. And we sit here in America with multiple copies of the Bibles on our shelves and digitally in our pockets all the time. Yet, the average everyday American Christian rarely reads it, the very, very word of God. It's a sad reality in our culture, the freedom we have, what we have access to, and yet we are too busy to prioritize that in our lives. This book is more important than I could ever begin to understand ever begin to understand and ever begin to describe to you. We believe the Bible is infallible. It's perfect. It's exactly how God wants it to be. And within the, the, within the pages of the, of the very word of God, we have this useful, true teacher showing us right and wrong, equipping us and teaching us, helping us to know Jesus personally and experience God. Read the Bible and be amazed by it, of what it is. Really, re, uh, like a God who has done great things and a God who loves you. Uh, now, let me give you a few tips when it comes to reading the Bible. Write this stuff down if you're taking notes, all right? We'll go fast. Here we go. Number one, set a time and a place to read the Bible. Uh, if you don't set a specific time and a place to read the Bible, more than likely you, you will not have time to read the Bible. Set a time. It's okay to be strategic about this and to make this a habit. Uh, a habit takes time, consistency, and organization. Like when, when in your day can you find 15 minutes to start to read the Bible? If you, if you read the Bible about 15 minutes a day, you will read through the entire Bible in one year. That's awesome. All right, 30 minutes maybe to set a time, quality, alone time with God. Set a time and place, begin to make this a part of your day. Number two, have a plan. 
have a plan. What I mean by that is don't just take your paper Bible and, and be like right here and, go, and then just read, okay? Like I would say start it, start in a book of the Bible, read a chapter a day. Uh, start with the book of John, if you like, that's a great place to start. Or find, uh, there are all sorts of amazing places that have reading plans. Uh, there's a great Bible app that is called YouVersion. It's, uh, this, it's fantastic, completely free, filled with all sorts of Bible reading plans where they tell you what to read every single day and you check it off, okay? It's so great. Uh, the point is, have a plan. Number three, uh, listen to the Bible. And when I say listen to the Bible, I actually, I don't, when I, when I said this to myself earlier today after I had written this all, I was like, they're going to misunderstand this. I don't mean do what it says. That should be like a little bit of an obvious given here. All right? I'm like, uh, I don't feel like I sh- even should have to say that. That's another sermon for another day, another day. What I mean is there are fantastic Bible apps, podcasts that will literally read the Bible out loud to you. In your car, uh, like when you're falling asleep, you can listen to it as you're taking a bath, okay? Whatever you want to do with that. Listening to the Bible out loud can be a great tool. That is the Bible. It should be a part of your life as a Christian every single day. And I don't say that today to kick you in the teeth and to, you know, beat you over the head with the Bible saying, come on, do better. But you have this beautiful opportunity to, for spiritual growth as you get into the very word of God. And that makes me excited and fired up for you. You're not fired up. I'm fired up. Come on. Okay, read the Bible. The Bible is such a big deal. Um, we also have prayer. And that's what we saw in the life of Jesus. And this should be a part every single day for us. Of, of remaining in Jesus, connected to Jesus. He often withdrew by himself to pray. While it was still dark, Jesus got up, went to a solitary place and pray. Let me give you a few tips when it comes to prayer. Number one, set a time and place. And some of you are like, wait a second, you're just saying the same things you just said. You should have studied more. All right, I'm totally busted here. But listen, I, I cannot over-communicate strong enough the importance of setting aside a time and a place for Bible reading and prayer. Set aside a time and a place. I am convinced it won't just happen in your life. I'm convinced it needs to be prioritized. Okay, The point of today is we need to set aside time, be proactive about this, and it starts with, with setting that aside. Number two, in prayer, um, be yourself, be real. In the, in the Disney movie, Aladdin, anyone ever seen that movie? Okay, Aladdin is convinced at some point that he needs to act a certain way uh, to really, and, and like be something he's not in order to impress the princess Jasmine. All right, and in the cartoon, the big blue genie takes the form of a bee, buzzes by his ear and whispers in his ear, just be yourself. Okay, it's kind of funny. And Aladdin smacks the bee and then goes on to make a fool of himself is how the story plays out. But listen, like, like God isn't looking for you to use super special religious words when you pray and talk all weird. In fact, don't do that. Uh, God wants you to be yourself, to come to him as a loving father who is eager to spend time w- like with you. 
And at one point, Jesus even calls out the religious people of his day, and he says something like this. He says, like, they like to pray these eloquent prayers to impress other people, and then Jesus just says, don't be like them. Don't be like them is what he says. Just be yourself. (laughs) Number three, final one here as we kind of wrap this stuff up. Um, pray. It's just an acronym, P-R-A-Y. Um, some of you are asking, what should I pray about? And uh, it's a simple, simple formula. If you find yourself searching for what to say or, what, or how to do this, you can follow this acronym, praise, ask, repent, yield. Praise is just be thankful to God for specific things and just kind of in a way declaring his goodness uh, and faithful in his love. Uh, then repent. We ask God to search our hearts and to reveal anything in our lives that we have done wrong. Uh, then ask for forgiveness and strength for the next time. Ask. Ask. Bring, your, bring God your list of wants and needs and declare him as your provider. And then the last one is just yield and something that I think is missed a lot. Take a moment and listen. Um, we could say yield. We could say shut up if we really wanted to. Okay, But just just where we take time to be quiet and just be with God. Um, Tell God you are his and that you are ready to obey. Music team, will you please come? All right. That was a lot of talking. And I'm going to give you a 15-second review and kind of put this all together for us today. Uh, here's Here's what we've learned so far today, okay? Follow me here. We must stay connected to Jesus. And that just doesn't happen. It doesn't just happen by you showing up to church, you know, when, when you have time in your busy life. It, it doesn't just happen if you turn on Christian radio stations, like, or whatever. That, that's, not, that's not what this is. Remain in Jesus. Stay connected to Jesus Like, you cannot be spiritually alive and healthy and produce spiritual fruit if you do not stay connected to Jesus. You can't can't do it. And how do we stay connected or remain in Jesus? It's It's only through spending personal time, alone, focused time with Him. And we look to Jesus as an example. We see this in His life. Uh, in some of the busiest seasons of Jesus' life, he prioritizes this. And, and I, don't, I don't think I'm stretching this when I'm saying this is number one on the spiritual growth list. You want to grow in Christ? Learn how to spend focused, quality, alone time with him. What does that look like? We could go into all sorts of different areas. The Bible and prayer. The word of God and learning to pray. Uh, and, and, and I can give you all sorts of practical tips on how to do this, but like I, I can't really give you a hunger for this. This has to come from inside of you saying, I want more of God than I've ever had. I want to experience him. I want to grow. I want to know him better. And at some point you just need to say spiritual growth is, is a priority to me. And I'm going to now make this happen and make time for it. I know you're busy. I'm busy too. Jesus is busy. I know you have family and work and sports and church and whatever else. Like, this is a big deal. It's that big of a deal. And before we're done here, uh, 
Go ahead and put that last slide on the screen. For some of us in this place, for some of us in this place, this is not a part of your life. And, you're, and you even hear this today and you, and you think, I, I want to move in that direction. And maybe you have questions. I don't know what this looks like. Okay, what we have is we have, we have um, created a bunch of resources on the topic of the Bible and on the topic of, of prayer. And if you would like just some resources, some things to read, some things, there's others, all sorts of different things on each of those. One of the best things you can do when you're learning, when you're learning how to spend time every day with God is to find a friend and in a way do that together. And I don't mean like gather together and do it. I mean to send a message and just say, how'd that go for you today? And to say, hey, did you spend your time with God today and just to have that accountability I think can be such a massive thing but uh, just before we go may maybe you're here today and okay just a minute longer I promise but maybe you're here today and you have never responded to the message of Jesus and it's a, just a it's just a part of what we do every single week here is just give people an opportunity to um, to in a way take that first step and I don't know, maybe, maybe you've never been here before, or maybe you've been here a whole lot of times, but you know inside your heart like that, that you have just never personally made this decision to respond to Jesus, to give your life to him, to, to put your trust in him, or whatever, you, however you want to say this. Uh, we're all sinners, and we've all made mistakes. There is no one righteous, not even one, the Bible says. Uh, and, and, and it's why God sent his son to die for you. And there is freedom and there's forgiveness and there's this relationship with God that comes from us responding to what he did. And with no one looking around, just a time of privacy here before we're done, every eye closed. Maybe you're here today and you would say, I've never responded to the message of Jesus. And I want to do that today. If that's you, will you just show me your hand? I just want to pray for you. I just want to pray for you. If you are watching behind a screen right now, you can respond to this as well. There's a little button you can click or even just lift up your hands right now in your living room and you can respond to this in this moment. But anyone, anyone in this place that would just say, today is my day, I want to respond to, to Jesus today in that way. If that's you, show me your hand before we move on. Okay, fantastic. And uh, church, let's just say a prayer together. Pray this with me. Pray, Father God, I give you my life. Thank you for sending Jesus to die for me. Forgive me of my sins and change my life. In your name I pray, amen. Come on, if we put our hands together, let's just celebrate that today.